The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludagear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is good to see people again. It's been a rough few days. Uh, some might uh, describe surviving the uh, West Coast 2019 ADCC trials as uh, an endeavor. Uh, I described it as being on an island. Some athletes described it as uh, the grappling version of the Fire Music Festival. Not <laughs> they weren't really sure there were actually going to be trials, but there were winners. It just took forever, uh, and I am very happy to report that we will be bringing you all of the winners throughout the week, and we have assembled uh, several of whom uh, today, but I'm very excited to bring you uh, a winner, a friend of the Verbal Tap podcast, a friend of mine, a friend of yours. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your 77kg winner for the West Coast Trials, Senor John Combs. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Ralph. How are you, bud? Good. You look like you're still feeling it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely still feeling the, 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 what was that? Things got started around 1230 and they ended around 10, something like that. Something like that. Did you feel like you had experienced like any other tournament like this before in terms of this kind of weight and this kind of nerves or this kind of anything before? I mean, I was able to stay pretty calm, cool and collected during it. Um, Took really good care of my nutrition. You know, actually, I think that played a real big role. And you know, I didn't focus too hard on any of the time in between matches. I just relaxed as best I could. And then when the match showed up, I did what I had to do. And then I left that result on the mat and went to the next one. So I just kind of flowed from one to the next. It felt really, felt really good. But yeah, definitely having some experience with some, uh, some. Uh, um, Trying uh, tournaments and life events before definitely played a big role in being able to tough it out. Let's ask this though: How long did it take before you had your first match? Uh, I think it was around three thirty. Okay, and put to put that in perspective for people who weren't there, you got there at like what seven a.m., six a.m. or yeah, seven thirty a.m. to weigh in, and then we were supposed to start at ten a.m. sharp, but it just you know, didn't happen. Mechanical difficulties and whatnot, so. We waited around until, you know, they, they almost did paper, then they got the mechanical working again, and then I think the matches started for the 66 kilogram right around noon, so. Okay. Yeah, it was a tough, right. tough day. It was a tough day. I mean, there, there was a lot of mental toughness that goes along with that kind of waiting, so, you know, uh, that's the first side of it. What was your reaction when you saw 112 people were in your division? 
I mean, it's, you know, the population's based on a bell curve, and 77's right in the middle of the bell curve, so it makes sense. I wasn't really quite as impressed by it until I saw a sheet that had the other weight classes, and even 66 only had, like, 70, yeah. and then it was, like, 45, 50, 45, 50, and 33 for 99 plus, and then 112 definitely stuck out a little bit more when you saw the other weight divisions, but... It was just a normal tournament for me. You know, 64-man bracket. I've been in many of those with the IBJJF. And I've been able to win one once before, and this was, uh, you know, three years later. Biggest, biggest win to date. I just laugh because I looked down, and somebody asked me, <clears throat> you know, we had several friends competing in that division. And when mm -hmm. they asked me, they were like, Raph, how's it looking? And I was like, well, you have a less than 1% chance to win. <laughs> to every person in there. So that's before you even start. So yeah. that's got to be a, a, a warm feeling to do. But here's the thing. You've been in very, very high, prominent situations. Um, you know, you, you've had very, very solid matches throughout your, your grappling career. So it is in some ways, you know, you've been there, you've done that. Um, but what was the prep like? You mentioned that you were going through some stuff. Um, like, what was it that was making it difficult leading into trials? A lot of injuries happened back in October. I hurt my neck. And I was out with that injury for about 10 weeks. So I didn't really get to training again until early December. And then between early December, and then there's no Gi Worlds. And then in between no Gi Worlds in the beginning of this year, it's been really tough to get to training again because I've been coaching a lot more at the academy. And I'm definitely enjoying the coaching side of things. But, you know, it's a, it's, I've had to shift a lot of my energy into making sure I show up energized during classes. And I, I mean, I've had three, four days at a time where I hadn't been training, which, you know, would have been unheard of just, you know, three or four years ago. Because, you know, I teach a class and I just wouldn't be feeling the training. Maybe I'd go up a round or two. But, uh, so the neck was hurting really bad. Um, that was even hurting pretty bad the week before. That was, that was slowing me down a bit for sure. And then, uh, but yeah, you know, the, in my weekly schedule, I really only train Monday and Wednesday in the mornings when everything else is kind of just a little bit after teaching a class. Or near as much as I used to. I used to be doing like three hard sessions every day. Well, you're you're becoming older now, John. As you, yes. you get older, you gotta train a little bit smarter. You know, I've been trying to tell this. You know, I feel like I'm always the ghost of Christmas future that you never listen mm -hmm. to, where I'm kind of like train smarter, and you're always like, Nah, I'll be young forever, Raph. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't feel that's the way that goes. Yeah. So let me ask this. Tell me, walk me through your day. Walk me through your very first match. You had a bye, which uh, was good in the sense Big that surprise. you were able to, you know, you were seated well. That means your your peers and those who are helping to put this together uh, believe that you were uh, somebody to be ranked highly. So that's a good thing normally, except in this case, it's also a large waiting game. So yes. it makes you have to wait through that ungodly amount of time. So walk us through the first match that you had in that day. So... First match started uh, between 2 and 3 p.m., we'll say. Uh, when I got to the venue to compete again, I think I got back there around 9.30, and then I had to wait in the line for the bathroom for like 40 minutes, so I didn't get a chance to see the rules meeting. And then after the rules meeting was over, I went to walk around the uh, the gym, and I uh, saw somebody that I thought was going to be my first match, and I was like getting ready for him. And then three or four hours after that, when the first match finally did happen, it was this completely different guy. He was this uh, shirtless, hairy MMA fighter who, like, came out and took me down pretty quickly. I was kind of surprised, but, you know, he had good wrestling, and I'm sure he's a very good MMA fighter, but, you know, he wasn't able to really navigate my guard and locked up a triangle pretty quickly against him. 
Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, that that was, of course, Tom. That was your first opponent. Uh, yeah. Tom very famously was a pretty good sport about when we had referred to people as training in ADCC style without their rash guard. And uh, we had gotten a photo of him uh, where he uh, – we took a photo where at a tournament a couple weeks ago, he took off his rash guard. His opponent was kind of like, no, nah, I don't want to do that, but you can. That's fine. And the audience peer pressured his opponent into taking off his rash oh guard because it was God. the last match of the day. And his poor opponent's just like this, like, oh, is this what you guys want? Okay. So I felt bad because I'm like, you know, if you want to do it, do it. But don't leave the poor guy alone. Uh, if he doesn't want to. Anyway, yeah, that was a very good start to your day, especially, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of people kind of rushing back and forth to catch some of your matches. So I felt like the the momentum for me was a good start, uh, at least for you. Um, but of course, your division still had a number of people for you to get to the finals. Oh, so that yeah. was just the very first match. Um, we're going to kind of skate our way through this. What was your second match like? Uh, second match was interesting. I wasn't, you know, my, uh, I was too calm in the tournament. That was definitely an issue for me. So, uh, you know, Professor Alec was talking to me a little bit about that. You know, while that calmness was one of my better tools for finding success, it definitely backfired a bit. I was in the fourth round, it really backfired. So, it was just getting started. I was lazy hand fighting. You know, I didn't want to overexert myself until the points were there. And if you watch the matches where I needed to, uh, where I scored points, I, you know, very professionally just sort of. Let the clock wind down, and then right when the three-minute mark went by, I secured my points. Um, and in that match, that's kind of what I was doing. And then you know, Elliot yelled at me to get you know get hand fighting harder. And then I took his back, slammed him, got a uh, body triangle set up on him. And then uh, it's kind of a silly thing. I, I follow John Danaher's uh, Instagram, and he talked about being a vampire when you're on somebody's back and just looking at their neck. And I saw uh, Kelvin lift up his chin. <clears throat> and the second he did that, I just sprung my trap and it was over. So that that was that was a really uh, a very fun one. You know, took yeah, his I, back, suplexed, body triangle, RNC. You know, the, there's a lot to be said about the John Combs uh, wrestling. That uh, you know, I, I really feel you've gotten into a, an even better stride of mixing into your game a lot more, which has been a lot of fun to watch. You and Cyborg had one of the funnest matches <laughs> at uh, Nogi Worlds, and. It was interesting for a number of reasons, not just because of the faces that I got on some of the photos that made you very memeable huh? that day. Um, but like, I felt good knowing that as you were coming into this tournament, especially after Nogi Worlds, you just looked like your wrestling had come to a good place where this is going to be a heavy wrestling tournament, and that's a great tool to have. So for me, I felt very secure knowing that that's where you were going to look like uh, from December in February. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rock. Yeah, right. definitely. It does feel like my wrestling's matured a lot in the past six months to a year, which uh, put a lot of energy into it. Even though I stopped, you know, technically wrestling in 2012, I've been putting a lot of energy into uh, producing better wrestling. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Melendrez is—he's uh, a good friend. He walked ah. over. And he just goes, hey, man, I got John Combs. And I was like, woo, okay, bye. All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> and uh, he's just laughing. And I, I always have to remind people, I'm like, you know, I there's too many of you guys who I know. So at a certain point, it just becomes, you know, I'm excited for you all. But then I also take a step back and go, I'm Switzerland here, guys. So just <laughs> as long as it's a good match, that's all I care about. 
Um, but I, I know it's a heavy play, but he was just happy to get a match against you. So I was very happy to see that that was the outcome on this one. We're going to return, I think, a little bit later to ask you mm-hmm. questions about you and Elliot. But for people who don't have the pleasure of seeing Elliot maybe coach you or hear him coach you, what does that experience sound and look like? Very, very loud. Everybody can hear it. And, uh, you know, definitely the biggest hole in my game, if you were to, like, divide everything up in, like, a little chart, like, you know, strength, technique, wrestling, jiu like, all the different skill levels, probably. Experience and tactics are the things that I have the le- le- least amount in. And you having somebody like Elliot being there to sort of fill in the gaps that I have in my game really helps a lot. And, uh, you know, his, his instruction, I've always, always competed much better when uh, he's uh, inst- uh, providing coaching. I mean, if I'm being honest, just when I'm watching him, the two of you have one of my favorite dynamics to watch uh, because he yells, and there's a lot of times when you just hear the word, Combs! Like, it's some sort of action movie where you're a a cop that's not doing what you're supposed to do, (laughs) and he feels like, you know, you really screwed something up, and he's like, Combs, get in my office! So... (laughs) I hear him a lot when he's doing it, but you know what the fun part is? I recognize that a lot of times what he's yelling out is what I would be yelling out. So I'm always like, no, I feel like I understand where he is uh, from where he's coming from in terms of his coaching. I just can't yell that loud. Yeah. That's that's not in my, my vocal range, and I'm a talker. So yes, wow. it is one of the things to uh, to see that. So uh, I, I want to return back to this uh, a little bit later. Let's go sure. uh, over to your, I believe this is now in your round of 16 match, which yes. uh, I think. I'm killing game. Yes. It was funny. Me and my dad read that it was Finnegan. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting some red-haired Irishman. And then this like shorter, you know, normal-looking guy comes out there. And I was like, oh, I, I messed up his name. And, dude, he had some great wrestling. He, it was really hard to move his elbows. Uh, he was staying in really good position the whole time and then. When the uh, three-minute mark hit, I was able to hit a pretty nice arm drag and then went and took his back, picked him up, put him down, and then you know, much very similarly to that uh, second match, I was able to get the RNC and body, body triangle and uh, to finish that fight as well. What are you feeling like momentum-wise about this part? Because it's one of those long days, but I felt like it started really rough, but then you could see it was a hurry up and wait sort of situation. So you're waiting, waiting, waiting. And I think things start picking up right about now where you can kind of see the finish line both in terms of the day, but also you can see the finish line in terms of the prize. So where are you mentally now when we're, we're finishing this round of 16? I'm feeling good. You know, the, 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 all, the, all the matches have kind of gone, gone the way I was hoping they would go. And maybe I was feeling too calm going into the quarterfinals because I definitely ran into some trouble there. I'd probably say, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, I was taking just, you know, every match its own little unique universe, just letting it roll, letting that happen. And then when that match was done, just kind of flushing it from my consciousness and moving on to the next one. And maybe I was too calm when uh, the fourth round came about. But after that one, I was just, you know, still in my element. The match went exactly how I'd like to, you know, wrestling to back take to choke. So this is, you're talking about your quarterfinal here, right? Yes, yes, the next match. Okay. Because this, to me, is where I wanted to return back to the coaching style of Elliot and you as uh, the athlete competing. 
one thing was happening here. There was, I believe at this point, a really, really nasty head and arm triangle, right? Yeah, nasty. Okay. I don't know if I heard you say this right. There was a lot of things that happened on the island that I think I hallucinated. So I wanted to make sure this is accurate. But I thought you said for this particular one that that particular moment really pushed you and that you were you were determined to get out, but that it, it was difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really, really, really sucked. Because, um, I mean, it was on for a solid minute. And, uh, you know, when I had that, you know, this choke was on, I really wanted to tap. It was one of the Dragon Ball Z moments where, like, the energy ball is, like, shifting back and forth. And I was like, oh, God. And the noises I was making, man, I really wish they had recorded those. They were terrible. <laughs> terrible noises. And I think that was – because I don't think the choke was 100% on. Yeah. And I feel pretty confident that by, uh, you know, Max trying to do everything he could to finish that choke – he kind of gassed himself out, and then when I did finally escape, it was it was go time for me. There is that <coughs> moment that happens for people when you do see that life kind of fall out of them a little bit when they don't finish with one of their best things. And it, it can sometimes be a momentum or an adrenaline drop or a number of different things. But in this particular case, it just looked like he had to use a lot of energy to keep you there. Yeah. And that while you were in danger you also were not dead and you were expanding a lot of energy. Cause I remembered at one point your legs flailing about like Gumby and mm -hmm. you're just trying to find your way. And I had the same thought, which was, yeah, I don't think that chokes fully there. And I think you have the right angles that are keeping you just okay enough where you can grit through just it. Just conscious, but it's not, it's not fun. Um, did the ref at some point come over to check on you? Because I thought the ref was asking you to give like a thumbs up. Yeah, he was. He was. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go out, shake my arm. <laughs> well, the stupid part is the way I described it on Verbal Tap this week was I said the ref was asking you if you were okay. And you were kind of like, I'm kind of busy here. <laughs> I'm, if I'm doing this, I'm okay. It's just leave me alone for a second. <laughs> um, but the thing that I thought that was interesting that was helping you is your Tinkerbell was partially Elliot. <laughs> when he started yelling out, he was like, Combs, you find your way out of this. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and when you got up and you let out this real giant roar, I was like, you're not really that guy. You're not, you're like, that's not really you. You're not the guy who's, you know, like you're, you're energetic and you're a giant goofball. But that reaction told me, I was like, oh, fuck, they poked the bear. Yeah. <laughs> He he's he gonna kill somebody right now. So <laughs> I knew personally that was a good thing, uh, even though I hated seeing the actual energy and the time spent being there. Yeah. Did so you said that you immediately just kind of discard that. Yeah. How do you do that? Because a lot of people can stay in there. I know you got to stay current and forward, but mm -hmm. like. What helps you keep that grounded sense of being in that moment and and maintaining focus to be there? Well, probably the biggest thing I've you know adapted recently is you know I'm starting to you know, as we discussed in the interview with Phil Graff and I'm teaching a lot more at the gym and you know I'm not feeling anxious to the point where I have to achieve success in competition or else you know my life's going to be a failure. You know I have, I have other things that I can fall back on if competition doesn't go well. So I was kind of keeping that in my pocket and just. 
obviously it mattered. You know, it's the most important tournament I've ever competed in. But you know, knowing that the results of that tournament would not greatly impact my life. Like if I wasn't sick today, I would have just had a normal Tuesday. You know, it would have worked out. Would have gone to class, taught kids, then taught my own class. It would have been a completely normal day. It's not like uh, this. The success really changed that much. Except I have a I have a date in September now that I got to go uh, really perform well, and so that's really the only thing that changed. And that would be the big mental change that I would say that has allowed me to really kind of flush the results of that match, whether they be good or traumatic, is that you know, the, the, the results really don't impact my future that greatly. That was cool. Was something something uh, uh, Maul told me once when I was freaking out about winning the fight to win belt. And I thought, I was like, man, it'll change everything in my life. And he was like, no, well, you're still just going to wake up and train tomorrow, right, man? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. But, you know, it's taken me two and a half years to really adapt that into my psychology it's difficult because a lot of athletes have a very similar mentality to that though that there is a oh no i i can't i can't lose this right if i don't win this it's not even lose it's just if i don't win this then this doesn't happen and i'm always curious to know what formula they've read because i know that in my bank i think the most profitable people are the people who put on exciting matches so mm -hmm. i always think the people if they know how to market excitement and and fomo for their matches they know how to be there and i think the nice part about you is is that you've built a nice resume for what you're doing so that part to me always makes me feel good in knowing like yeah you know your resume will speak for itself when you when you're on you have you and cyborg literally pawing at each other and knocking the shit out of each other for a while <laughs> and then being besties right afterwards which is a lot of fun to watch um yeah. but for me it was particularly great because now we get to semifinals, and I go, okay, podium's pretty much there, but it's not just podium, you know, you're, you're, you're very close. Yeah. Now you've got a match with Sims, who also had a very solid tournament himself. Yeah. <laughs> this was going to be uh, a tough match, and Absolutely. you were able to pull ahead on a 3-2 on a scorecard, but maybe describe to us how you were able to do that. Uh, playing the game. You know, he, he had really good wrestling. I bet his passing was also fairly decent as well. So, uh, But his, his level of wrestling made me feel confident that I'd be able to find something on the feet uh, when the three-minute mark came around. Because that, that's kind of the big decision you got to make when you're fighting this ADCC rule set is around 310, 305, are you going to pull? Because if you pull and you sit at the bottom, then you can earn those sweet points. But... You're on the bottom, and now you got to deal with this person. If their passing's better than your guard, then you're just completely out of luck. So I had to make a decision in terms of uh, keeping it on the feet or pulling to the guard and decided to just stay on the feet, work through there. And then uh, he made a little little mistake with his elbow positioning, and I popped it up, and I got my shoulder right on his sternum and blast doubled him right into the ground. That was one of – that felt good. Yeah. I don't often say it, but you know, me and him were kind of – a little bit of friction there. I was was not not stoked. And then he tried to slam me on that triangle too. So, but uh, so after I finished the takedown, I noticed that it was three to zero. I thought that was weird. I don't know how I got that extra point. Um, he doesn't. He he kind of came up to me. And he was kind of frustrated about that too. I don't know how it happened, but I knew since it was three to zero that I could give up a sweep and still be fine. So I was passing this guard. We started in half guard. And the restart was all crazy, too. I've watched the match again, and the ref completely botched the restart, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and I decided to just jump on a guillotine. And then by jumping onto that guillotine, he uh, got a grip around one of my legs. And then when he went to sweep me, that grip put him into a triangle. And then from there, I just held on, and you know, I knew I would get the victory. So 
I didn't overexert myself or overextend anything. I knew that that was done. And uh, I figured he was going to try and slam me. So I just, you know, grabbed my strangle leg and readied my other hand to break fall. And, you know, I've, I've, I've imagined myself getting slammed there many times, but that's one of the first times I've actually had to uh, pull out that technique. So that's a good. a good thing. It's a nice uh, preparation for the children. Kids, if yes. you're going to get slammed, yeah. be smart. We're going to start putting PSAs and we'll put uh, part of what you were doing <coughs> with as uh, part okay. of the way of doing it. All right, now let's talk about the final match because this to me. I mean, you can hope for your friends that they're going to win a certain way. Mm -hmm. You can put it out in the ether, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily going to be the way it happens. You tend to be good at this one move, Guilty. amongst other things, yes. but you really, really are happy with your ability to do this one move. So it's effectively referred to as a comatine by many who have been in it. Walk me through this final match uh, as soon as you... Stop dying here for a split second. No, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to go for. I'd, I'd actually talked to Gordon Ryan about the kid in the bathroom, and he told me that yeah, he's super tough, really hard to choke. You know, it's one of these crazy teenage kids that's coming up out of nowhere. And I was just like, yeah, they're gonna be the death of us, aren't they? And uh, so I was kind of unsure of how I would attack. You know, I was figuring maybe I'd do more of a positional focus, and then. As I was uh, walking back to my bag to get ready, because the time between semis and the finals was the shortest of the tournament. It was funny. Um, Elliot came up, and he's just like, Holmes, he's got good sync. Comes up on single legs. He's good with the feet game. Just fucking guillotine him, man. Guillotine all day. Go for the guillotine. You're going to get this fucking guillotine against him. And, uh, yeah, so the match started. I knew he would pull guard. I, I had a feeling he was going to do that, so I just calmly approached and you know, I figured he would go for single legs and the front headlock system would play a big role in you know, beating him and made some mature decisions on submissions to where uh, you know, I didn't try to go all out on anything. You know, I waited for the right moment to come to actually get the tap. And I think that play was the entire reason I won was because I was able to get to positions, chill out, and then when the moment finally came to get the submission, I, I locked it up. What's the but, first uh, thing that went through your head when you realized that you would be going... JDCC. A uh, little bit of disbelief, yeah, to be honest. Uh, still kind of trying to setting in right now. It's definitely a uh, very big deal and uh, didn't expect it to happen either. So that feels really good. And, you know, it's just means I got to keep doing more jujitsu, which is the thing I love doing on more than anything else. So, uh, you know, the other thing I probably say is it feels good to get recognized. You know, it's, uh, I mean, put in all this hard work, and most people never see that. So that's true; they really don't. And I, I feel that for all of you guys. You're all like, it's weird. Competitors, they all live this life of, you know, you guys tend to become somewhat friendly to each other as you go along because you all know that shorthand of competing. Like you all yeah. know who you see consistently. And I felt like, for you, and I heard this said a lot, which was, it was his time. And that, that's a good feeling, because that means that people have been paying attention to you, you doing it, grinding, being there consistently, and it means that your peers <clears throat> are watching you and, and have a great ad admiration for what you do. So I was very happy to see and hear that myself. I was also happy to be right next to your dad, who, <laughs> uh, you know, your dad and I... I spent a good time talking trash about you, which is good. 
But <laughs> what did you feel like to have your dad there to see that? Uh, so the last, you know, my parents don't watch as much of my jiu-jitsu as they used to. You know, it's been going on for a while. Uh, actually, the last event that my dad came to was the last ADCC trials. And he was he was actually pretty upset about me choosing to do this one because when I did it, you know, two years ago, I, I got you know pretty savagely destroyed in a heel hook, and he was awfully concerned about that. So, uh, but yeah, this is one. The, you know, this is anytime I've had my dad there, I always feel really you know, supported and ready to go. He's always been a great influence on me, and uh, having him there to drive and get me safely to breakfast and not having to worry about that. And then I also I had a hip injury that day that would have made driving very very painful. So. Uh, when did that yeah, happen? yeah. I woke up and I had a really tight muscle in my glute, and I spent a lot of time uh, rolling that out. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely didn't hold me back from doing much anything you know, that I needed to do. But it was it was it was a frustrating challenge during the day to uh, have that kind of injury bugging me and still you know, going out and performing well. Well, I definitely didn't know that, and I didn't see any part of it. And you know, I saw you many times throughout the day. I like to say though that. You know, I spent a little time talking with you, and we'd run into each other a whole bunch. Uh, but there is definitely, like, I ran into you so many times in that long-ass day <laughs> that I think I probably would be like, yo, what's up? And then I think you just were meowing at me. And I was like, I think the island has gotten to John. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with a, another human being is just meow. And I go, meow. <laughs> Are you okay? Is it every everything okay up here? Yeah, yeah, it just took me 100% focus to get get the day done. I guess everything's okay up here as far as I can tell, Ross. Well, good. I mean, we're going to conduct some tests a little bit later. Uh, But, I mean, to me to see, you know, to have your dad there to see that, that's a pretty spectacular thing. And he did mention to me, it was like, I hate ADCC. I hate this tournament. (laughs) And then he specifically said, he's like, I don't like this. He's like, I've been going to my kids' things for years, and this is by far the worst produced one I've ever been to. <laughs> and I, I tried to like soften the blow and be like, you know, it's not usually this bad. Yeah. Um, this is just a particularly odd one. So I just felt good for you uh, doing that. What was one of the best things you ended up hearing after you ended up winning though? Uh, you know, my, my teammates being real supportive of me, you know, the people that I've been doing jujitsu with since, I started at Boulder in 2010, you know, hearing from them. And then today I needed to get my classes covered and my fellow instructors all stood up and, you know, got me taken care of real easy. And uh, so that's what I would say uh, was probably one of the nicest things that I was just, you know, get to make the people that I spend a lot of time with feel happy about what I had done. That was, that was really nice. And then uh, Flow Grappling talking about that I have been on a bit of a hard journey. You know, I had that win in 2016. That was great. And then 2017, 2018 were both really tough years. But uh, looks like 2019 is off to a good start. It is. It is. Now, we have a few uh, notes in the comment section that I think are very important. And I think it's a good time to bring up a couple of them. Samuel Phillips asks, always fascinated by guys who win at this level. What kind of mindset does it take to win? Uh, just the same mindset it takes to, you know, do well in anything. It's, it's, all we're doing is problem solving. You don't have to be a superhero to be good at this. You just have to uh, take in the information that's presented to you and make the best possible choice you can. Um, in competitions, the same, this is the same manner. Uh, I, I do watch a lot of, like, old-school military uh, videos. And I, I know they don't apply much to jiu-jitsu itself, but, you know, all, all we're trying to do is just 
take a problem that's presented to us and make the best possible decision in competitions the same way. Having natural attributes like cardio and agility and all the other various things that make an athlete complete help a lot, but at the top of everything is uh, the ability to problem solve. And as long as you're able to intake that information and uh, do the right thing, that's, that's all it really takes. We've got a couple more notes here. We've got one from Oscar J. Diaz that says, Saludos desde Mexico. We've got, or Mexico, sorry. We've got <laughs> Paul Carthy that says, Been in that comatine. It's deadly. <laughs> Can also affirm. I've been in it myself. Uh, and Daniel B. Steele that says, John, John, John. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that might be in relation to Copacodio, but. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Daniel's Just... a nice guy. <laughs> Uh, but we definitely have a lot of great notes. Uh, let's uh, let's do this. You know, John, it's always fun running into you and chatting, and on a very personal level, I'm always very happy to see that this happened for you. Um, obviously, you don't just get here by yourself. Uh, who got you to here? And and more importantly, uh, who do you have to shout out for your sponsors and thanks? Uh, the top top of. Uh... Yeah, you know, I guess the first guy definitely Elliot. You know, his his coaching was instrumental to uh, having had a great day there. You know, and the, all the other various instructors at Eastern Training Center always have uh, played a big role. You know, Patricio Rodriguez, Jay Smith, and Long are my major teammates that I coach with. Uh, and then apart from those guys, my strength conditioning coach, you know, Russell Malloy, I have a, a pretty good ability to pick people up, largely because of all the work we've spent uh, putting into making my boons and thighs more effective. It's a lot of what we've been doing because I've been working with Coach Russ for about four and a half years now. And, you know, been lifting with him two times a week, almost every week. Uh, really sad I had to miss this morning, but I just, I was not feeling it. I so, think you, you know, deserve Coach, a day off. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so Coach Russ has been helping me out for a long time. I'm sure he will continue to do so in the future. And then uh, Dr. Katz, Professor Katz, Katz Chiropractic, he's helped my neck out a lot. I feel really bad. I missed Missed an appointment I had with him this morning. I was pretty, pretty dead, and then woke up around nine thirty, and that's yeah, always fun. That was uh, that was always fun. I've actually, you know, Katz has been really cool, allowing me to miss appointments when I was a lot younger and didn't really have great temporal control over my my life. And you know, he so it's just it's just a sad thing for me whenever I miss those appointments because usually I'm spot on of getting them. And then uh, after Katz, you know, there's uh, Airship Botanicals. It's a uh, CBD company. They've uh, They've uh, really helped improve the quality of my sleep. I've been taking you know, two droplets before I go to sleep at night, and I think that uh, made a big difference because there's the most important thing you can do as an athlete or any individual, well, you know, professional likewise, uh, is just get good, good sleep. You know, if you can get good sleep, everything else is going to start improving and everything else is going to become a lot easier. But uh, if you are unable to get a good night's sleep, a lot of other things are going to become a lot more difficult. So that, uh, that's a CBD company that has been helping me out a lot. Uh, Macro Meals, a company out in Colorado. They've been feeding me for two and a half years now and keeping me fed and uh, allowed me to focus on teaching and training. And then, in addition to that, the like professional. Oh, yeah, Josh Shadle. He's uh, my sports masseuse. He's been making a big difference for me. I've always been in a lot of pain. You know, since Pan Am's on, I've had a lot of lower back pain and whatnot. And he's uh, you know, definitely helped get everything moving properly. And I think it's been a big reason for, uh, behind my success. And then, uh, Matt Smith at Rebo, uh, which is a uh, PT clinic in Boulder, has done a lot of uh, work dry needling on me, and I'm sure that that has positively impacted my athletic performance. And then last but not least, just everybody at uh, Easton Training Center that has done really well. And uh, one, one sec, Raph. Yeah. 
Oh, I think he's just, is he leaving the interview? I don't really understand. Uh, Paul, I would ask him about, oh, wait, wait, he, he's branding now. I can, I can get behind this. And of course, painting figures. Can you do that a little bit better? That was, that oh. was a really, like, I don't want to call it pathetic, but you, you can obviously do better than just Penguin Fingers. Penguin Fingers. Ooh. <laughs> wow. What a good sell there. Oh, yeah. They're great for your fingers. Keep the pain away. Well, let me say this, my friend. Uh, I've been very, very uh, pleased to see how this all worked out for you. Um, I vividly remember a couple years ago at ADCC Trials after it was with that heel hook, uh, you know, I remember talking with you and I, I've said this to so many people afterwards, but I, I definitely know that it helps to some extent, but you know, when you lose athletes go very quickly to a dark place. And I just remembered yeah. looking at you and I could tell you weren't there, but I knew there was something that you weren't thinking about, which was, I was like, are you not good at jujitsu anymore? No, I just remember you, you saying that. Did you suddenly become sucky? Like, I don't really have any sympathy. You're going to become <coughs> tomorrow, and you're going to win, and you're going to continue to win. But today it didn't happen, and you got to figure out how to use that and work for it. So on a very personal level, I had a great sense of looking at what you were able to accomplish within a two-year span, and I, I felt very happy for you, my man. Thank you, Ralph. I really appreciate it. It's been, no been a rough but a good two, two years. Well, now Nothing. you got – some great fucking shit coming up in a few months. Yeah, and you yeah. Get to, on home court, you get to go down this way and go compete. So, last question I got for you, my man, before we got to get yeah. you on out of here. Uh, and actually, let's do this. Signpost to where people can find you and what you have that they can go ahead and learn things. Maybe, yes. you know, learn how learn to be how like John Combs. Yeah. Who would want that? John, plug your stuff. Hopefully many people. Oh, 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 right now. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I made a guillotine instructional a while ago. Uh, you, If you would like to inspect it and see what you think, you can go to johncombsbjj.com. There's no need to put a www on there, just johncombsbjj.com. Uh, it's a great instructional. It's got uh, some real basic stuff in there. And we're definitely going to be looking to improve a lot of this uh, in the soon-to-be future. I'm actually meeting up with some folks, and we're going to be doing some filming here shortly. So soon, Rob, it will be glorious. But for the time being, if you would like to check that out, johncombsbjj.com. Was that so hard? Was that really? No, no. Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay, let's do this. Last question I have for you before we get you on out of here. Um, what would winning ADCC mean to you, sir? Uh, just accumulation of everything I've wanted to accomplish in grappling since I, I started. Um, you know, I've definitely always wanted to have you know, a title at, you know, stating that I'm as good at something as I can possibly become. And this is definitely you know, every every hobby, I guess we could call it, or activity has a uh, you know competition that's the top of the pyramid. And this is definitely the world's biggest nogi tournament. And to have the opportunity to go there, um, it would definitely be the crowning achievement of uh, my career to uh, take it out there. Now i got to decide whether I'm going to do the open weight or not, which I'm not sure. I might, I might jump in there. There's some scary dudes in there like that Rodriguez and all that. To be so. fair, though, <clears throat> you are definitely a, a deceptive weight. So I looked at you and I'm like, wait, you're tall and you're 
so and he's smaller and he's the wait 99 and you're you guys are all just you could shuffle all over yeah so anyway john again big congratulations my man uh i'm very excited to see what the future holds for you i know we'll be seeing each other very soon um yes. i'm not looking forward to training with you while you're in adcc camp so i'm gonna have a lot of rest rounds in there but oh boy uh i cannot cannot express uh how happy we are for you man Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I'll be sure to uh, stop by the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club uh, when I get back to California on uh, m- around March 21st for Pan Ams. So yeah, somewhere in there. We'll yeah. see you then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick around. My thanks to John Combs. Look him up on the – no, don't eat it. That's, <laughs> that's the quickest way to die, you child. Uh, you look for John Combs and all of his uh, great products and uh, the very, very good guyness that he is always to the broadcast. And we will be right back. With-